Welcome to Stories of COVID, the interview project that explores what it's like to experience a global pandemic. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. It is scary and it's very real, but it's not hopeless. As I said, I changed three planes. None of them were wearing any gloves or masks. I've never seen so much support for freelancers or artists in the in the media um, as I have now. They both laid me off from just the advent of the, the outbreak. I'm anthropologist and author Veronica Kieran, and I am building an interview archive of stories and anecdotes that define this time in history to write a book preserving this experience for future generations. If you'd like to help preserve this moment in history for future generations, check out the show notes to sign up for an interview. Sam Burkrat lives in Loja, Ecuador. He reports having lost Wi-Fi a few times during the pandemic and is frustrated because he doesn't know what to do when he doesn't have Wi-Fi connection. During his interview, he updates us on the current conditions in Ecuador and also tells us the story of a man who would sing and preach every night from his balcony, much like the stories we have heard from other countries. However, he conveys the other side of these experiences where after about a month of this singing and preaching, the neighborhood started to grow wary of it. Um, I think I was probably here. Um, I got I got here at the very beginning of December. Um, so low, low high. I just kind of remember whisperings. Um, I remember people acting like it was just sort of this really far off thing because it was in China. Here, it, like people were sort of like, not that I would expect them to start taking it seriously because, it, you know, citizens at least, because the government and, and higher-ups were not taking it seriously, but um, it sort of felt like a joke. Um, and I always, that, that kind of struck me in an interesting way because I was like, this is pretty serious. And what if, what if something happened? It didn't seem like at that point something could happen over here, but, um, and then, you know, a couple months later, it's everywhere. So um, that was a really kind of surreal thing. Like I, I remember there was, um, we had like a, an intramural soccer team um, and somebody wanted to name the team coronavirus. And that's, that, they were, that seemed very funny to them. And I was like, this is kind of a serious thing, even though it's not affecting you, you know? And so that was sort of like the, my first thought with it of like, what if something happened, you know? I don't know, it, it's, it's, become sort of earth shattering, obviously. Um, and people, you know, are trying to figure out what to do with it. Nobody really knows how to handle it. So I um, definitely have a lot of fear and respect for it. Um, I know people have been affected by it and how terrible it is. Um, definitely has, yeah, turned into a very fearful respect, I would say would be the best way of, of thinking about it. So we have been on lockdown for about 90 days, started in the beginning of March. Um, basically, um, within the same week of um, the U.S. starting to take pretty serious 
measures or at least starting to get hit pretty seriously. Um, we started taking serious measures as well. And I think Ecuador is fairly proactive, which was good. They sort of like over the course of about three weeks got progressively more serious. Um, so first it was Toca de Queda, which was like the curfew. Um, we had to like be in, be in the house at night. And then that just got lowered and lowered um, to the point where we could, we were not supposed to leave the house at all unless you needed groceries um, or to go to the pharmacy. Those are the only things that were open, a gro couple grocery stores and the pharmacy. And um, the curfew was moved down to 2 p.m. And that's sort of how it was for about two months. You know, there were shows of um, demonstrations of force by the police. You know, they would, they would come down um, the streets on horseback occasionally just to sort of like show like we mean business. You know, this is stay home, this is serious. Um, and we did, um, we followed the rules. We, you know, tried our best. Uh, since then, the um, restrictions have lifted a little bit. The curfew has been moved to 9 p.m. We've been up to, upgraded to like yellow light, which is good. And I have heard that this week they're actually gonna maybe lift the curfew altogether, which I don't know if that's the right thing to do because it, it is, um, you know, it, it is great to start getting a taste of real life again and start feeling like we're people. At the same time, nothing is better. And if anything, it's getting worse here slightly. Um, so, you know, it, it does seem like the focus of the virus is shifting to South America in a kind of scary way. I mean, it's been huge. Um, we've lost Wi-Fi a number of times and that'll test you, man. Oh man. Um, <laughs> just cause you know, it's one thing when you, and that would happen in the past. It's one thing when you lose Wi-Fi, but it's like, okay, we'll go to the bar, you know, let's, let's go to the park. We'll read a book, you know, we'll hang out. We'll toss a Frisbee. But you know, when it's, it, you're just stuck here, um, you know, you're planning, your day around, you know, maybe watching a movie, that's something to look forward to, or having a Skype call with your friends back home. Um, and, uh, you know, when you don't have it, it's like, crap, now what? We don't really have a plan. Um, but on the plus side, I will say, as far as like staying in touch with people back home, this has been kind of a blessing in disguise um, in in some sense, you know, with, with total you know, respect to the chaos and every terrible thing that's going on. A lot of friends that I would not be able to connect with can't connect with each other in the same city or in um, the same country. And they've just, oh, let, let's have a birthday party for a friend of ours, or let's, let's just hang out and drink over Zoom. Um, so we've been doing that pretty regularly, which has been very nice. I've gotten to see my friends who, um, from different friend groups who I haven't, you know, and wouldn't have been able to keep in contact with in a really big way, which has been, which has been amazing. On a more positive note, I think like with regards to what's going on, like in our block, our very small region, there was a man who started every night at eight, at nine or eight thirty. he would start first, the first night he sang which was really sweet. And, you know, we, we had seen videos of that from other countries and it was, it was a beautiful thing. Everyone went out on their balconies and sort of, you know, cheered him on and 
Um, that was really sweet. And then he got a big speaker um, the next night because he got a big head about it. Um, and then um, he started playing music every single night and preaching. It turned out that he was a minister, I believe. And he would do sort of like mini sermons um, interspersed with, uh, with music, which was an interesting thing. Um, we loved it for about a month. And I think he didn't really realize what he was committing to as well. Um, because he sort of kept going with it, thinking, oh, you know, we'll just get through this, through the quarantine. I'll do it every day of the quarantine. And then we hit like day 80 and he was still doing it. And nobody was out on the balcony anymore. You know, we've all sort of found our ways of adjusting and he's still trying, doing his best. Um, and, you know, it sort of became an inconvenience. One of our roommates had a class at that time and they couldn't hear him because there was this giant speaker playing, you know, these same Ecuadorian songs over and over again. There's like one about quarantine, about the, about the pandemic that came out and they play it every night because it's so relevant. So he finally gave up last week, which I don't know, we were, it's, I have such mixed feelings about it. I don't know if it's like very, you know, in one sense it's relieving to not have that every single night, but in another sense it's kind of like a little bit depressing that he, that he just gave up because, you know, he was sticking through it, doing it every night and then it just sort of, I guess felt like we don't know when we're ever gonna come out of this. So yeah, I think that was sort of like the big community response that we saw down here. Thank you for listening. Subscribe so that you don't miss an interview. I interview multiple people a week and I am releasing these episodes as fast as I can. And if the story meant something to you, share it because it will probably mean something to someone else. Every time you share the project, it helps the project grow. So thank you. Until next time, stay safe, stay well.